WBNE. Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, I just want to let you know this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by you, the person listening to this right now. I'm Ethan Edgehill from the hit movie podcast, Bacon and Eggs, Movie Lovers Podcast, available every good podcast and now on Spotify. Uh, and I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this show that we've been making for like three and some change years. It's crazy that so many people tune in every single week and listen to me and Tyler and sometimes me and another person and sometimes Tyler and another person talk about a movie that you may or may not have seen. Um, especially shout out to those of you who listen to the ones for the movies you haven't seen. It's a great time. We could not do the show without you. We would not do the show without you. And we very much appreciate you. And I just wanted to take this time to say thank you for everything you do for us, for giving us an audience and a reason to make this podcast. Anyway, on with the episode. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Tyler Carlin. And I'm Ethan Edgel. And today we're at war. Or maybe we're just looking for our brother. So pull a German pilot out of a plane. And run for your life. Because today we're bringing you... 1917. And that is not Tyler Carlin with me today. That is Jade Sibley from the wonderful a critical review podcast, Curly Critics. I almost tried to say your movie podcast. That's not true. You do way more than just <laughs> movies, but I only know one lens to look at things out of. Jade, introduce yourself to the world. Hi, I'm Jade Sibley. Um, yep, I'm a Curly Critic. The other one's Carrie. <laughs> Their show is a new addition to WB Network um, as of this year, and it has been so much fun having them around. Um, I know you, I know you two have uh, been on a couple of our other shows, and I'm glad to get you on board. Got to get Carrie in here soon, and we'll we'll do a whole thing where all four of us do a podcast together, and it'll be absolute chaos. But yes, in the meantime, oh thank you so much for filling in for Tyler this week. It means the world to me that I can yeah. I can count does on people mean, to do that. Does that mean I get to be bacon? You can be bacon. Yes, <laughs> you absolutely can be bacon. Yeah, I, re I still remember Tyler was like, yo, when we first started the podcast, Tyler was like, yeah, not that anybody's ever going to ask, but I'm bacon. I was like, <laughs> dang it. Now he gets to be bacon and I don't. This sucks. Mm. But anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm Ethan Edgehill. I, I occasionally uh, they call me eggs sometimes, even though I don't <laughs> like that because I don't like eggs. Um, anyway, this is a, we're talking about 1917 today. <laughs> the uh, Oscar winning Sam Mendes vehicle. Uh, released December 25th, Christmas Day, 2019, which was... Hey Siri, how many days ago was December 25th, 2019? Oh, come on. So many. It was 861 days ago as the crow flies. Uh, this movie was made at a $95 million budget and made 384 point something million worldwide. Got an 89% critic rating and an 88% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes and a 78 on Metacritic. Jade, do you have a professional critical review of this movie for me? Yes, I do. Let's see. Um, this is by Namrata Joshi. The film dazzles at each step, one encounter and adventure after another shot like a set piece, complete in itself with McKay's stoic presence adding to the pathos and poignancy. Perfect. Love that. I've got a negative review here from uh, Julia Swift of My Champlain Valley because no professional like proper critics dislike this movie, apparently. And it's just people from strange productions or publications. And uh, Julia says this beautiful cinematography cannot make up for the weak screenplay and performances that pale in comparison to Roger Deakins imagery. 
Okay. Jade, on a scale of zero to 100, where does this movie fall for you? Um, I honestly, I'm going to go with 75. 75. Okay. Interesting. I would say, I would say like a, like a solid 83 for me. Okay. I really enjoyed this one. Um, I think I enjoyed the first like 30 to 45 minutes of it more than I enjoyed the rest of it for sure. Oh no. (laughs) The first hour I hated. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Why is the that? The last okay. hour I really liked, so that's awkward. I don't know. I eventually started getting bored. Oh, no. I thought the first part was boring. That sucks. <laughs> I don't know. It's so pretty. It's so, like, fun it to look really at. It is really pretty. Like... This is a whole different level of filmmaking. Like I'm a su- Birdman is one of my favorite movies ever. I'm a sucker for a good movie that looks like a oneer. Like that is that is a good way to get me in the door. And so when they're doing all this stuff and like it looks like one continuous take somehow, mm-hmm. I man, I'm I'm in. I'm all in. I I really enjoyed uh I really enjoyed this movie. Not that I got bored, but just like I eventually got tired of just this dude having a really bad day. Yeah. Um I I don't know. I think when a movie when its only personality trait is, oh, the movie with the one shot, it's like, okay, do you remember anything else about it? Was there anything else spectacular about it? No, just that? Okay. So I think this just comes from a like a sharp lack of World War One representation, especially among like famous war movies, especially in the mm. last, I don't know, 50 years. Because, like, there were a bunch of World War One movies, but nobody's ever seen them because they were all, you know, boring and black and white and made in 1930. Yeah. Made pr- prior to the point when, when it was still just called The War, you know? <laughs> yeah. When they didn't, uh, they didn't think there was going to be a second one, a sequel, if there, if it, as it were. <laughs> the um, only war, World War Two. who's that? The world, the war to end all wars. Like, it, it, it turns out, guys, it wasn't. Oh, awkward. So what do you, you, you t- t- texted me yesterday and said, hey, I've been really feeling the war movies recently. Tell me about that, because that's not something we've really covered on this show previously. Uh, Tyler's not much of a war movie person. Um, yeah, I just I've been asking Carrie for a while. Hey, I want to do Hacksaw Ridge. I want to do some war movies. Um, it's something I've recently just gotten into. I think starting with Hacksaw Ridge and going with 1917. I've watched a few others. Um, can't remember all their names, honestly. But they all have some. There's there's like a formula for the name, right? Like they yeah, all definitely. I War couldn't... Horse. That's one. I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was like Disney fight. Wait, which one is this? War Horse? Oh, War Horse. Yeah, no, that that's a <laughs> yeah. whole different... Uh, <laughs> that's ooh. not quite a war movie. No, no not quite. <laughs> um, although I think um, it is about World War One. I, I think. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Also, I think the one thing that all war movies have to have is Benedict Cumberbatch, apparently. That's a thing. Is that a thing? I don't know. I think the last time I like watched a new <laughs> war movie was probably like... Oh... Like Fury back in like the early 10s, maybe. My gosh. Um, yeah, because we did this whole thing for a while where it was all like, oh, we're going to make movies about, you know, Desert Storm and all that. And like, yeah, I, oh, sorry, I did watch American Sniper. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did watch American Sniper. I've never been much for the post-Vietnam War movies, I'll tell you that much. Not, like, made post-Vietnam, but, hard, like, yeah. ones that take, like, Zero Dark Thirty, The Hurt Locker, those really have nothing to offer me as far as, like, what I want to watch. But I grew up on on World War II movies, for sure. Mm-hmm. That was my dad's 
favorite thing I've seen. So many terrible war movies about World War II, Korea, Vietnam, all of them. Um, but I haven't seen a lot of the recent ones, honestly. They've, they haven't, I haven't seen Dunkirk even still for some reason. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. That's on my list. I did like 13 Hours. That one was pretty good. 13 Hours. Is that the John Krasinski one? Yeah. About Benghazi? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, yeah, I have not seen that one at all. Um, I liked that one because it showed just such a different perspective. It was like, whoa, wait a minute. This is crazy. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And that, a lot of them have been doing that recently. This like, hey, hang on. America might suck, actually, thing. <laughs> Um, that's kind of why I liked this movie is because we're not involved at all in it. Yeah. Like I, we, I know we did fight in world war one. I, I think in some, yeah, definitely we did. Definitely we did. Yeah. But it was like England, France, Germany. Yeah. That's it. Trench warfare. Trench warfare is the thing. That's, that's world war one. That's the only way they were able to make this movie the way they did. Because if this was like yeah. a world war two, like, tank movie no way could they have gotten away with the uh with the with the one or like this no definitely not because all the trenches you yeah and that's that's <laughs> yeah. fast this felt like a horror movie a lot of the time especially for the first like yeah, hour i think the the silence had a lot to do with that like the score was just so i thought it was really weird the different parts of it that had music in it were kind of random um but the silence is what really makes it a horror movie or like the humming sound yes, in the background. Yes, You're like, that oh for sure. my gosh. One, so I like I got halfway or not halfway. I got like five minutes into this movie and I was like, this is going to be best experience if I turn this off my television and go watch it on my computer with like my proper headphones. So I yep. got like the full effect. And let me tell you, there's not a single second of this movie that is not scored in some way. It's all this like crazy like drone stuff going on in the background yeah. and I'm like I'm sitting here like grabbing my keyboard just like any second now there's gonna be like a zombie that pops out at him <laughs> and like turns out this isn't actually a war movie this is a you know oh the Germans turned into zombies that's what happened yeah I think the when I watched it the first time I definitely felt like oh my gosh something's gonna happen but that thing never happened it felt super suspenseful sure just the whole time. Well, there was that part right at the sort of the beginning where they had the explosion in the in the mine in the trench. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, that definitely got me when he was like, oh, "That's tripwire," and then the rat trips the wire, and I was like, "Oh, oh god!" Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, there it goes. They're dead now. There it's it fine. goes. <laughs> they Movie sure are. are. Um, but they weren't dead. Turns out both of them survived that. Just for the other one to die, the one that didn't get hurt bad to die. 30 minutes later. Oh my gosh, that made me so mad. Oh, I was so sad. I was so upset. That was like the most upset I've been since like Saving Private Ryan. I know. I was traumatized. God, like, oh, it's fine. Whatever. They were just trying to save this guy's life. Yeah, they're just trying to help this pilot and he decides to stab the dude. Jerk. So when I first saw trailers for this movie, and this has nothing to do with the movie at all, uh, just a, a crazy coincidence that I cannot like separate from my brain. When I first saw this movie, I, I saw that it was a Sam Mendes movie and I didn't really know who Sam Mendes was at the time. And I thought for the life of me that it said it was Sean Mendes. I know. I kept thinking that. <laughs> so even today when I was watching this movie, I definitely kept waiting for Sean Mendes <laughs> to show up. And I was like, why is Sean Mendes in this war movie? This is a crazy, it like a he's man. not an actor. And I get that Harry Styles did that, but like, <laughs> That was different. 
this is like totally off brand. What are you doing, buddy? No, Sam Mendez, the movie director who does, I don't know, movies. He made one of the Bond movies, I think. I don't know. I really enjoyed this. I really did. Uh, this was a, this is a, I don't want to say it was fun because. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not, it's not fun. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a good one to watch. Um, yeah. It's extremely pretty. It's very well shot. It's very well color graded, which is something you don't get a lot in uh, war movies, especially recent war movies where they actually have some colors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Instead of just the, you know, like the the single sepia tone, like, oh, you're in the Middle East filter where like yeah. everything looks like a sandstorm. This is uh, it's got everybody in the world in it as, as far as if you're a British actor. Oh, my God. Especially a British actor that formerly worked on the TV show Sherlock. Yep. <laughs> He's Andrew Scott's also in a lot of different war movies. I'm like, Andrew Scott just... is the Moriarty guy. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, okay. do they just pick these guys? I don't. I mean, to be fair, he probably had to show up for like eight minutes to do that scene. Oh, yeah. And He's then like, just left. oh, you want me to do this and get a bunch of money for it? Sure. Whatever. They had to have been filming something else that they were just like nearby or whatever. Oh, definitely. I mean, he's fantastic. He's one of the one of the best actors I've seen, honestly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And he, he, he lends a lot of life to this movie at the exact moment where it sort of needed some life. Yeah. Because like, I, I do think that that's what this movie struggles from is that it follows it directly follows two people and then one person. Yeah. And so for the first until Blake dies, you just get a lot of like them talking at each other, kind of like having a nonsense conversation. Yeah, it's like there's dialogue, but is there dialogue? They're just like filling time, basically. Yeah. The, the script is not what wins this movie. It's uh, no, it's awards. And that's to be fair. That's true for most of yeah. these movies. You know, they're not all going to be Saving Private Ryan. They're not all going to be The Great Escape. You know, it, it's it's tough. Uh, tough to do that, especially for a battle that nobody knows about in a, a, a war that nobody in America especially really knows anything about anymore. Yeah. Did you learn about World War One in, in school? I mean, obviously, but like. Yeah, I'm sure I learned more than I remember. <laughs> I feel like we never stop talking about World War Two and like. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm like, oh, World War Two. I know a lot about that. World War One was a thing. <laughs> Yeah. And it's like weird that like they don't talk more about World War One because like I get why they don't talk about Vietnam and Korea because like those are just mistakes that we made for yeah. racist and political reasons. But like World War One is just like, I don't know, just like a mess. Right. Like just they it was it was yeah. all like BS political deals that went wrong. And then somebody shot Franz Ferdinand and then. Yeah. And then there was a war and a bunch of people died. <laughs> And a bunch of countries that don't exist anymore fought, you know, England and France. Yeah. And this is like pre-Hitler Germany, which I always think is we just talked about this when we did Wonder Woman. But like pre-Hitler Germany is such a different place yep. that I know nothing about. Um, no. So what was I going to say? Yeah, this 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 the script here is not where this movie earns its money for sure. But it's not like it's not bad. The dialogue's kind of bad sometimes. Um. And even when Benedict Cumberbatch comes in, I'm just like, you, what is your motivation here, man? What are you doing? Like, it was the What's laziest happening? foreshadowing ever when Moriarty was like, yeah, if, you know, when you get to the corporal or the colonel, just make sure you have a witness. And oh, that was the other guy. That wasn't was, Moriarty. Was it the other that guy? Was, yeah, that was later when they were on the trucks or whatever. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. You're right. That but was. Even so, I was like, seriously? Mark Strong, and right? 
Yeah. Yeah. Every little random thing that happened, you knew it was going to come in handy later. Like in a video game when you're like, why do I have to pick up this flower? This seems dumb. Oh, and then it saves your life later. hundred percent. Like, this is a video okay. game. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like this is, I mean, it's not quite as much of a video game as whatever that like hardcore Henry movie they made was where it was all first person. Oh my gosh. I didn't see it, but there's there's some movie that came out like two or three years ago that was like an action movie shot in like first person, like I from a dude's perspective. Like he just basically wore a GoPro. <laughs> uh, but no, this is a hundred percent a video game. Like you're you're just following this dude through the levels, yeah. As they get progressive, it's the kind of movie that Jumanji: Welcome to the Jungle was making fun of. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's so. Oh my gosh, I yes, you're absolutely right. Everything matters and like they pick everything up and, and, and it's like you know you know there's no way that blake survives right like even from the beginning i'm like this dude is gonna die somehow and like schofield is gonna have to be the one to carry it on because like he's the one that's in the movie right yeah um this freaking gerard way knockoff the other guy was i was just like yeah when is he gonna leave <laughs> what was his deal not that i wanted him to leave i was just like i have seen the see the trailer for this movie and he is not in most of it <laughs> Yeah, I hadn't seen the trailer in such a long time that I don't really think I saw it coming the first time I watched it. So I was like, wait, he has to just do this entire more than half of the movie by himself? By himself, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and he like spends all night in like a French town in in Ocost or whatever, just like hanging out with a woman and her child. After he gets knocked out by the sniper that was shooting at him, but the guy doesn't kill him. I don't. I still don't really understand what happened there. (laughs) Maybe I looked down at the wrong time, but like. Yeah, I want to say he was like the German was just injured and so he couldn't run after him. I I don't really know. But he like he wakes up and it's like the second visible cut in the entire movie. And he wakes up and is like, oh, no, it's nighttime. Now, I thought that was the prettiest part was when he woke up and saw the town on fire. Oh, with yeah. all the shadows and everything. That was crazy. That was the most gorgeous. I was like, are there fireworks going off? Why is there a party happening? And there's like eight random Germans wandering around. And he has to fight them one at a time. Yeah, totally cool. Whatever. And there's just this one random French woman in her basement with her child and like nobody else is alive in the town like yeah totally fine i did like that scene i just liked seeing the personal connection because besides your boy blake he didn't really have anything else he was just kind of doing stuff by himself right and and we keep getting to him talking about like i never i didn't want to go home because i hated coming back and like you never really got can you hear that no my god it's like (laughs) thundering like hell outside oh my god i think either that or somebody's like jumping up and down on my roof um i vote the second one. Oh no severe thunderstorm warming right now so it must be oh. just pouring rain if i disappear you know what happened oh my gosh <laughs> that uh my power went out so that'd be fun um what was like oh man yeah no you never really found out the other end of like what he has at home or whatever and like i definitely thought they were gonna try to make some like play at that like he has to get back yeah, but he never did. But he, he never just has this secret tin thing and he's getting stuff out of it. I'm like, what are you doing? He, Dude, what's he happening? He never felt like he had like he felt like he had motivation, but we never knew what it was. Yeah. Like he's just doing it for his buddy that he barely knows. Okay. But he he completes the mission though. He gets he gets to the end and he's like, I gotta find the dude's brother. I gotta find the dude's brother. I gotta find the dude's brother. I gotta tell him. Yeah. I gotta tell Rob Stark that his brother is dead. <laughs> yeah, 
that's fine. I didn't learn any of these people's names, so I just know them from other stuff. Yeah, I know. I knew Blake and Schofield. Blake and Schofield. Yeah. Lieutenant, no, uh, Colonel McKenzie. Mcmackenzie. Yeah, been that one's name. important because he yells it a hundred times. So I was like, oh, that <laughs> everybody he comes up later. To. Yeah. Hey, where's he at? Bro, shut up. <laughs> and that was the laziest foreshadowing ever for them to be like, you know, some some men just want to fight. And then he goes up and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to listen to you. Obviously, yeah. he's like, read the letter. It's from the general. Um, Yeah. I think my other favorite part of the movie was where Wayfaring Stranger, just because I really liked that song. Oh, I love that song. That was such a powerful scene for no oh, reason. Oh, yeah. It was so random, and I loved it. And they're about to, like, march off to their imminent doom. Yeah. He's like, <sighs> no, I'm looking for these guys. And they're like, oh, that's us. He's like, what? What? <laughs> I came upon this random British regiment out in the middle of the field. That's just singing for no reason. Sure. No, just one person singing while they all sit there and listen. <laughs> yeah, I was Man. like, that would totally be me. That would be my job. Like, you don't fight. You get to sing all the time. That would be, yeah, you're, you're Ed Sheeran from Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You have that that's one episode cameo where you sing a song and then terrorize Maisie Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, Wayfaring Stranger is such a good song. Such an underrated track. For them to stick in the middle of because it's an it's an ominous, like, again, creepy kind of song. Right. It's in this yeah. deeply minor key and like. Yeah. And they changed these, some of the notes and made it chromatic. I was like, whoa, what yeah. are you doing? Well, because, again, it's it's this is just like it's the horror movie that never horrored. Right. Like it. it yeah. Didn't quite get. The, they definitely manufactured the suspense um, the whole time, the whole time. And I'm not again, I sound like I'm complaining. I really did like this movie. It's just a little bit corny. Yeah, corny. It kind of just bits and pieces of randomness everywhere. Yes. But I would play this video game. That would be absolutely. Dope. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I did play this video game. It was called like Call of Duty Medal of Honor. You know, the original the original Call of Duty games were basically this this. Perfect. I yeah. just need to go get some of those. Whatever. Back, back in back in the early aughts. Uh, on the PlayStation 2 and stuff. Yes. When I was when I was but a child. Uh PS2 my whole life. Yeah, yeah, I was like 8 playing those games. Yeah, I was I was young and they were just like here go, you know, ransack this French village in World War 2. I'm like, uh, cool. It's totally fine. And then they were like, ha, modern warfare and then it never looked back ever. Oh no. They were like, let's do, you know, let's do one that sort of takes place in Vietnam. Nope. Nope. OK, never mind. Cool. Mm -mm. Yeah. So I wouldn't say this is my favorite war movie ever, um, even among the like modern ones. But it definitely is cool. It definitely was was a good time. It's no saving yeah. for Ryan. It's no platoon platoon. No, full metal jacket. That's what I'm thinking of. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not sure. One of them. This is a piece of art. Yes. I think that's the thing. Yes. It's art. It doesn't feel as much like a movie. No, especially not your traditional, traditional war movie. Right. Because yeah. there's sort of a formula for that one, even when Steven Spielberg's making it. Like, yeah. And this just doesn't follow that format at all. Um, they definitely were like, hey, we need an avant garde movie about this random thing that happened in 1917. <laughs> hey, no one's heard this story. Let's make a movie about it. <laughs> well, and I guess th at the end, it's like, you know, this is for. Lance Corporal John Mendez or whatever. So it is mm -hmm. a Sam Mendez's dad or granddad that was obviously granddad, I guess, was like, hey, this is a, you know, this is what happened to me. Yeah, you should you should make this into a movie because this was crazy. Yeah, I feel like this would be a really cool story to hear 
And this movie is a cool piece of art, but I don't know if I like it as a movie. Right. There's a little bit of a disconnect there. Yeah. I'd rather either have someone tell me the story or it be a painting. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, a painting. Interesting. Yeah, I could see that. Like, like how but it, it, it crosses such a broad, like scope of textures and terrains and emotions and like he goes down a waterfall and somehow still ends up in the right place that i still can't tell you this oh, is a really go bad down day the river just go down the river and you'll be fine okay french lady i just met yeah and also by go down the river i don't think she meant like fully <laughs> jump in or get thrown in by a german yeah and then that's the part i did definitely look down and went wait he's in the water what just happened yeah there was uh, right there in the middle it got a little bit like because because they're not constantly narrating it anymore right like i could follow it when it was when it was blake and schofield like telling each other everything like oh we're at the front line look at that that's a german <laughs> yeah. soldier oh when he sticks his hand into the body oh my gosh i wanted to die like, yeah oh no mm-mm. germaphobe 101 that's yeah. me get that out of here not a big rat no. fan not a big and and when he comes up against the like mountain of dead bodies at the end of the river there's nope. a little graphic for no reason like yeah that was a lot like this like, movie didn't need to be gory it added almost nothing to it yeah like you could see the bodies in the trenches and stuff like i get all that the fields whatever but the river thing well and, yeah, and sticking his hand into it because it's not like he dies of a hand injury <laughs> like that's what they set up and didn't follow through on is that he he gets you know he he should die of hand rot or something yeah i i don't know because he, st he sticks his hand on the barbed wire and then immediately puts it inside of a, a corpse yeah, it's just that like, felt like foreshadowing that they were like, nah, just kidding. Right, that's what I'm saying. It, that and the thing with the uh, with the the artillery, where everything was like blown up and they destroyed their own guns. It's like, what again? What are we? Where are we going with this? And then just on the other side is like these beautiful pristine fields. <laughs> yeah, whatever. The cherry trees, it's they, fine. We'll see built, that later too. Right, they built mines. We never come back to that one. There's like a mine no. in the middle of the trench. What? The, yeah, the milk's important later. That's fine, I guess. There's milk? Yeah, he gets the milk from the farm, from the cow, and then gives it to the baby. Oh, the yeah. The French okay. lady. Yeah. I was I like, that oh, entirely. you could have filled up your canteen with water, but instead you were like, nah, there's milk here. Let's do that. <laughs> okay. Total nod to like Inglorious Bastards with the first 15 <laughs> minutes taking place on a milk farm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Uh, Sam Mendes is like, you know, this is a real French thing, right? Oh my god! They really just want to drive that like French pastoral living thing home. Yeah. Okay. Could have lived without the dog corpse. Oh, that hurt. Yeah. But again, like they go in the house and nothing bad happens. I know that drove me insane. I was like, no, someone's going to jump out. Like, right. There's going to be a jump scare. Would have been a great opportunity too. And he even goes like, oh, I don't like this. Like, this is not good. I know. I was like, what? Foreshadowing for nothing. Man, it really sounds like we hated this movie. It kind of does. <laughs> Did we not like this movie? I, well, I gave it a 75. 75 is <laughs> a pretty good score, though. It's still decent, yeah, because it is a work of art, but it's so And that's so what it comes back random. to. Is like, <laughs> that's what it comes back to is, like, the fact that, they, it just, it, for me, for me, it comes straight down to, like, they managed to make the uniforms and the helmets different colors. 
that's all that matters, right? Like that's the, as far as the war, the bar is on the floor. Yeah. And most movies still bring shovels, right? Like the bar for, for what I want to see out of a cinematic color grade is <laughs> on the ground. It could not be lower at this point. Oh like stop gosh. making everything, stop making everything teal and orange. Stop it. And they were like, <gasps> they were like, these soldiers uniforms are three whole colors. And I'm like, beautiful. Give me more. Perfect. I want to see more. That's it. That's Does at Sco- least. beautiful blue eyes for no reason. Yeah. That's at least 80 points. The other three are just whatever. Exactly. I was sad when Blake died. That did get me for sure. Yeah, that was a lot. That was a lot to handle. I was like, and then these random dudes show up and I'm going, no, he need <sighs> Don't tell him to get up. Let him sit there for a minute. Chill out. I I mad. feel like I feel like a significant amount of time passed. But it was like two minutes. I, I don't think it was. <laughs> like because they were pretty set up digging this tree out or whatever. Like all of a sudden I, there were people everywhere and they had like yes. marched in. Like I, that's what I'm oh, saying. Oh, because it did shoot like the house and all the guys were standing next to it. Yeah, that, I guess. So that's what I'm thinking that like a, a, a decent amount of time passed. It's just weird because if it's all one shot and it's all pretty chronological, how did that? How did they do that? How did that happen? I, I think that's just some movie magic. Like they're they're not showing you. You know, we don't sit with him for however long he sat there. But I, I, get, I get the feeling he sat there for a, for a fair few minutes while these people okay. marched because they were like, oh yeah, we saw the plane go down. Great. And like, if they had been marching in and were that close, they would have like watched the plane go down. Yeah, eighty feet away from them. Fair. They might have heard them or something. Yeah, it's I don't know. Fine, I guess. I don't. And Blake doesn't even remember what he what killed him. And he's I like, know. he's like, oh, I'm hit. What happened? Am I dying? The guy goes, yeah, uh, here you are. No. You gotta find my brother. He's the one that looks like me, which he doesn't uh. at all. <laughs> doesn't look anything like you. But he hears his voice and goes, I think that's him. <laughs> like what? <laughs> what? Uh. Of all these hundreds, thousands of men, are you serious? Yeah. That's him. I mean, he just knows, right? He's, they're connected. Oh my gosh. I'm done. I'm sick of this. <laughs> and he never needed his medal. I'll tell you that much. That's, that was the one thing, the one piece of, of foreshadowing that didn't, <gasps> That's is fine. that freaking, whatever medal he got never came back to him. Yeah. Literally, who cares? Because Blake, like, was so upset that Schofield got rid of his medal, swapped it to a French officer for a bottle of wine. Like, okay. That's like, hey, what does it matter, my dude? I... Because he's like, like, why wouldn't you take it home? Well, I don't know. Well, and and you would think that that even at the end that Schofield would have been like, your brother was brave. You know, I'm going to make sure he gets his his medals, gets his commendations. Like he saved my life, everything. He doesn't say any of that because Blake is very much like I would want them. I would want the medal. I'd want him to give it home to my family. Like, yeah. Or what would have been a really cool, like really solid ending is just Schofield actually having the medal and being like, oh, your brother earned this. That, that would have been, been way cool. better. That would have been a way better ending. Yeah, it's almost you know like what? they forgot I to write, write this movie. movie. It, it's like, like it feels like they forgot to write this movie to some extent. <laughs> like they just let it. They let Roger Deakins, the cinematographer, do the whole thing, and then we're like, we should make him say stuff every now and then, maybe. But at the same time, that probably didn't actually happen. But like, ugh, I mean, it'd make a better movie. Oh, I don't care if it actually happened or not. <laughs> There's too much. This this is why I like you know Quentin Tarantino and and like. Glorious Bastards. It's like, it doesn't, who cares if it happened like that, right? Like, obviously Hitler didn't actually die in a movie theater in 1943 or whatever. Like, yeah, obviously that didn't happen. Um, 
But like, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't matter if it actually happened or not. All of the events in Saving Private Ryan are fiction. That's a great movie. Yeah. Absolute complete fic. There was nothing like that. I mean, D-Day happened, but like. Well, I think since they were trying to write it as the story that was told, it makes sense that they wouldn't try and change too much. But it's like, we don't know what's actually been changed and what's the same. What's been dramatized for theaters anyways. Right. Like, who I, knows? I don't know your granddad, Sam Mendez. I wasn't there to ask. <laughs> Be like, excuse me, Lance Corporal Mendez, um, is this true? When all this Is all this true? <laughs> Sir, please, we must know. The people need to know. <laughs> Did you actually survive the river? <laughs> Oh my gosh, he's sitting right there going, um, seriously? Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I just don't, yeah, <laughs> some of these things are so unbelievable that like, they'd have never made it out of that, that bunker for starters ever. Yeah. Not a chance. Over the no. mine shaft while one of the dudes can't see. Yeah, that was crazy. And they, they, they had a bomb go off like two feet away from them and both of them have perfectly fine hearing afterward. Oh yeah, that made me mad. I was like, nope, we're not here for that. He has worse hearing when all the stuff's going off when he's in the trenches trying to find Mackenzie. Yeah. It's all ringing tinnitus and whatnot. And I'm just like, well, yeah, that that's what's supposed to happen. Honestly, I think they, they did the tinnitus in that the, the, the ringing sounds in that part to just like drive home the like, you know, tunnel vision type nature of it. Like all he cares yeah. about is trying to find Mackenzie. He's got to get the thing to stop. It's like the war is literally going on around him and he doesn't care. Yeah. He's just running through all these people, whatever. To be doesn't fair, matter. he's had the worst day ever. <laughs> like one of the worst days ever. This shouldn't be called 1917. This should be called Guy Has Worst Day Ever. The problem is there's so many other war movies that are named stuff like that. Like, oh, to that, well. you got like the longest day and like, yeah, I guess. I mean, there are crap. other movies with numbers, though, because I was trying to find 1917 and a lot of other movies with numbers showed up. And I was like, no, are there not a lot that. of that? Yeah, there's a ton of movies with just numbers, and I'm going, I, I don't need this. 2001, 1408, 10,000 BC. <laughs> like, whatever, it's fine. They could have called it Wonder Woman. Oh, yeah. I mean, the one woman in the movie. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just just one, take take the dirt off. Just one woman. One woman. This movie That's definitely it. does not pass the Bechdel test. Oh my gosh! Uh, there are like two guys of another race, and then one woman, and that is it. I mean, to be fair, not I that mean, I want it makes sense, right? Not that I want to be at like the same oh. Time. <laughs> There's a time and a place where the accuracy matters, and there's a time and a place where it super doesn't. Lord of the Rings super doesn't. This would be crazy <laughs> if, like, you know, half the people were black oh and women. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That... They're like, you're making some crazy commentary about <laughs> World War One at this point, and that's fine. But, like. Yeah. That'd be a wild movie. Oh, my gosh. If yeah. someone made a, a World War One movie with a bunch of women in it. Yeah. And it and they just nobody talked about it. And it was just like. Yeah. That'd be you awesome. Know, <laughs> actors of all races and genders fighting in these trenches and just like nobody talks <laughs> yeah. about it. They're like, whatever, it's fine. They salute everybody. It's just a sir. Yes, absolutely. No <laughs> questions asked. Ma'am, yes, ma'am. Yes. See, I don't even think you would do that. I think you would still I, like I because that would, it be, would bringing, be exactly the same. But yeah, no that one, would be bringing attention okay. to it. Right. Like that's that's the thing is it would have to be this crazy movie where like nobody talks about it. Right. That like we just don't perfect. even pretend. I want to make I this was, movie now. <laughs> I was just watching you guys this Cinderella episode and you guys were talking about that, like how no one talked about the race. And right. The different. So it's like. 
Well, in that one, it doesn't really make sense. But in a World War One movie where that's the joke, that would be great. Right. And, and like, like, again, on one hand with Cinderella, it's like, yes, I get what they were going for. We're like, hey, you know, they want to be colorblind and whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and that was progressive for the 90s. It's not really progressive anymore. And that's fine. Uh, but definitely like he could have just been like, yeah, she's so she's black. Right. Like we can <laughs> we can Just eliminate a line. We can eliminate a lot of people that we don't have to put this shoe on just by doing that. But like I'm not I, I, I'm a little bit more observant than that. <laughs> I feel like that would have happened in real life, though, if that were yeah. actually a thing. He would have been like, I don't know, just some girl showed up. She got a shoe. I trying to find her, I guess. <laughs> what does she look like? Well, she's not any of these white women. <laughs> I could tell you that much. What for does she certain. look like? Um, I don't. Um, yep. But I mean, it's love is first sight. You'd absolutely remember her. Maybe not. Maybe he's just got a terrible memory. Maybe well, that, that's his fatal flaw. <laughs> then when somebody's like, oh, what does this person look like? Your brain is just kind of like, I don't know, like two eyes and a mouth. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Um, you know, average number of limbs. Uh, hair, potentially. Probably. Maybe. <laughs> like, uh. I'm good. At, I, I can recognize faces. Always. I cannot describe faces. I can't be like, ah, yes, let me just, you know, sketch you out a police sketch real quick of what this person looks like. Oh my gosh. I'm always afraid if, like, I need to do a police sketch, I am always afraid that I'm not going to be able to do it and they're not going to find the person. I'm so scared. Well, so I think in that case, you have, like, somebody whose job it is to make those composite sketches and, like, they know the questions to ask to get you to say the right not the right thing, but like the, the t- to answer to be able the way your to brain knows it. and your mouth yeah. may not, you know, I just I, I don't know. That's always been an irrational fear of mine. It's like, oh, what did this person look like? Um, <laughs> they, two eyes and mouth. What color were the eyes, bro? Um, <laughs> uh, d- light, not dark. Yeah, probably. They, yep. They had all their teeth, probably maybe missing some wisdom teeth, though. I mean, they could have had that done. <laughs> Yes. So, uh, hair color, brown eyes, green wisdom teeth. (laughs) Yes, probably. Like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of finding people, uh, the one thing that did drive me crazy about this movie is that the, the having to find Colonel McKenzie on the front line thing happened at least one too many times. Where he yep. like goes up to an officer and is like, I need to stop the fight. Where's Colonel McKenzie? Up there. <laughs> to gets around two more corner, colonels, uh, corners and says the same You're thing. Going. Ah. It's like, I, I get they had to make him go up and over Ugh. and run across the battlefield, right? But like one too many, your comedic timing on that one was off, right? Like you made the joke one too many th- times. Was it even comedic though? No, but like it, it <laughs> a lot Just of things followed Just the whole thing those. was like, seriously? Right. When he was telling the story, do you think he was like, I had to literally ask a million people where this guy was and no one would give me a straight answer. So I just had to keep going. Well, to be fair, they, when they walk in the trench at the beginning, they're like, everything's all hunky dory and there's a bunch of people back there. And then they walk around like 11 corners and everybody's like, this is the worst thing ever. This is literally hell. Where is everybody? And it's like, they're back there. Like. Like 800 feet. Just, just yeah. call them. Just yell real loud. They'll come. It's fine. Yeah, right there. It's okay. I don't know how the trenches worked, but. And they're all like super serious. It's like they're they're right there. Like, it's fine. 
It'll be okay, you guys. Right. I, I, I definitely think uh, the things were... Some things were... The, the distance between things, I think, in this movie is both, both time and space related were both compressed in some places and lengthened in some places. Yeah, which makes it even more confusing because it is one shot. So it right. all feels like it's exactly where it's like supposed a one to, to be. one scale. Yeah. So it's except like, for well, the part where where he gets knocked out and it's nighttime and then 30 minutes yeah. later it's daytime, like broad daylight. It's fine. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was all like all of a sudden it was de- it was morning and I was like, oh, wait, when did a when did that happen? B, that's not good. Nope. morning is not what we want. <laughs> No, that ain't it, chief. Yeah, I had to keep that that like the end goal in the back of my mind. Yeah. And that the fact that he got there right after the first wave went, I was like, um, it's a little late, my guy. Right. Like as the first wave is going over. It's fine. To be fair, he's running through there going, I have orders from the general. Stop this. And everybody's like, nope, not going to do that. Who are you, strange man? No. Yeah. Who are you, guy carrying orders from the general? I don't know. Someone maybe a little important. I don't know. Everyone attack, retreat, attack, retreat. Yeah, I don't. I've never, I never, I never fought in a trench war. We don't do that anymore. For good reason. Yeah. That sounded awful. I don't know why anybody thought that was a good idea. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I like we, I, I think they did that in, in the Civil War, too, maybe. I mean, I'm assuming that's the only way they got cover. Right. Well, like, they didn't have cover in, like, the Revolutionary War. They just marched in a big straight line and shot each other, I think. Yeah. Super effective. Seems like. But, like, guns were real bad back then. I mean, guns are still bad, but they were a different kind of bad. (laughs) Yeah. How's Texas? (laughs) Fine. It's totally fine. (laughs) Yeah, for someone who's like pretty pacifist, doesn't really like war, I love war movies, so it's super weird. Yeah, I was just raised on these. Like, I have seen so many freaking war movies. Like, I was not. Was raised on like 80s movies. I was not at all. Like, that was a big. I mean, I've seen a bunch of 80s movies, but that was a big gap for my folks. Back to the Future was like the thing. I don't honestly know that either of my parents ever saw Back to the Future. Oh my gosh. They were older, though. Like, I mean, but still, like, I mean, fair. finding someone who hasn't seen Back to the Future is a feat. I know that we never watched it when I was young. Like, I, I saw them, but, like, because I searched them out. Yeah. Um, Or saw the first one, at least. And, like, I can remember a, a watching parts of the... My mom watched parts of the second or the first one maybe a couple times. I'm sure that my dad never saw it. I don't know. I can't ask him now. But, like, uh, yeah, that just wasn't a big... My mom loved the John Hughes movies, the, like, the um, Ferris Bueller, you know, all those. Yes, those are great. Ferris Bueller is fire but for the most part yeah the 80s just didn't happen in my house like 80s music did not exist for me until i started like learning to play guitar and got into all those like hair metal bands of course yeah um you know i was a teenage boy in the in the 2000s that's all i listened to was like the scorpions and ozzy osbourne and crap like that (laughs) yeah being like oh randy Rhodes, greatest guitar player that's ever lived like shut up man (laughs) go go away Uh, oh Uh, young guitar players with a big eddie van halen face you know as we all do Everyone, every single person. Yeah, I got to see him live at one point. That was a very cool experience. Oh my gosh. I got to see Rush do their R40 concert. Okay. That, oh my gosh. That's cool. That was one of the most amazing shows I have ever been to. And I I hadn't really listened to Rush, especially at that time I was in high school. It was like 
six or seven years ago, my dad was like, they're probably not going to do another tour. Let's go see them. I'm like, all right, you like them so much. And they actually did 2112. That's crazy. And that's the only song I knew. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) My dad was like, they're not going to do 2112. It's too popular. And they did. It was amazing. Yeah, I, I don't think I've listened to Rush since high school, actually. Like, that was... <laughs> it's so... Um, oh, my gosh. R.I.P. Neil Peart, man. That one still gets mm, me. Yeah, that's That would be rough. cool. I would have loved to have seen Rush. Um, I there, saw the Rolling Stones one time. That was very cool. Oh that was gosh. That was recent. That was, like, two years ago. What the heck? But, yeah, it was that's incredible. amazing. It was incredible. That's not the 80s, though. That was very much the no. 60s. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what my, that's what my dad was into. That's a different um, thing. Yeah, I was very much raised to like the Beatles, and he got upset with me when I didn't like the Beatles as much as him. Uh, well, eh, it be like that sometimes, don't it's it? It's fine, whatever. I like the really popular songs. There's See, just I don't. so many. There's like three million. There's a lot of them, yeah. <laughs> Early Beatles was not my thing. The the like super poppy, like can't buy me love type stuff was not my yeah. uh, not my I'd- cup of tea. I just knew the stuff from like choir or this is so unfortunate, but I only know here comes the sun from the B movie. And that's so sad. What a statement. <laughs> <laughs> Not even like the parent trap. It was Man. in the parent trap. Seriously. Oh, shoot. I'm pretty I, sure that's in there. I haven't seen that movie in so long. I'm in love with it, but I only watch it every so often. So I don't hate it. That's fair. I didn't realize that. that I would have sworn that Here Comes the Sun is in that movie. Well, I know L-O-V-E is in that movie. Yeah, that's, that's a, a great song. Yeah, incredible. But yeah, Here Comes the Sun in the B movie. It's fine. I've never actually seen B movie. Fun fact. I have seen it so many times because my brother, when he was younger, got into a phase where he would watch the same movie over and over again. So it was like Cars, the B movie, Paul Blart, Mall Cop. Um, all the Star Wars. Yeah. See, I did that, but I was young and I didn't have siblings, so I didn't like, (laughs) I didn't have younger siblings that watched like a bunch of their movies. So like the B movie, by the time I was done watching the same movie every day, the B movie was not out. Yeah. No, because that's, it's better that way. I mean, technically I've seen the B movie a lot because I've watched a bunch of those, like the B movie, but every time they say B, it gets faster. Oh my gosh. Those are so good. So like I've seen all of the B movie lots of times, but never at the right speed or in any comprehensible fashion. One of my friends had a printer and they just printed all of the B movie and it went all the way down their dorm hallway. And I'm like, well, that's fine. Yeah. I was not in college for the B movie (laughs) meme. That sounds like a terrible time to be in college. (laughs) Like it was fine watching it. And then later when everyone's like, you know, this is actually terrible. I'm like, I was too naive to really think about that. It's fine. I I mean, like, so, (laughs) so she falls in love with the bee, right? Like she's a human basically. Yeah. And she like leaves her husband for this bee. Is that correct? Pretty much. Yeah. I really, as a kid, I was like, that's really cool, though, because, like, nature and the environment and save the bees. And I really thought that was the only thing happening. I didn't really make the connection that, oh, yeah, she's definitely in love with a bee. She's that's like, I'm fine. helping him sue the government. And Patrick Warburton's <laughs> yeah. like, what are you talking about? He's a bee. <laughs> uh, 
And she's like, much. yeah, he's a bee, but I love him, and I don't love you anymore. <laughs> it's totally fine. <laughs> it's not fine. <laughs> oh, so I've never, maybe one day we'll cover it on Bacon and Eggs. Although, shockingly, oh very gosh. few people have ever asked us for that. I'm not shocked. Yeah. I think it'd be funny. I think it'd be like watching Shrek, like reviewing Shrek. Just we that. did that. And I think that's incredible. I feel like it's the same thing. It sure is. Let me tell you what hasn't held up is Shrek. <laughs> oh my gosh. It's so... Huh. I would advise, honestly, if you have good memories of Shrek, I would advise never watching Shrek again. I've seen parts of it in my adulthood and went, how is that acceptable? Because it was like, I mean, okay? it was the movie when, when I was a kid. Like, I'm I'm a little, I'm a little bit older than you. And like, when I was a child, Shrek was it. Like, it was still the thing. Like, yeah, I was in love with it as a kid. One of my friends, um, she would play. So we were, you know, marching band. We were in the back of the bus going home from band concerts or marching band, whatever. Yeah. And she would always play the Shrek version of I Need a Hero. And that is to this day, Hell yeah. the best <laughs> rendition of that song. <laughs> that's not that's not a tough one though. Like, oh my god, no, the, the Shrek soundtracks absolutely slapped. Like they very much went in on those those songs. Yeah. If you ever need motivation for anything, just play that song and you'll want to run a marathon. It's I fine. Mean, they all of them had no business having soundtracks like that. It's like the Twilight movies. <laughs> no. like, what were they doing? How is it that I've seen that movie not that many times and I know all the words to All Star? That's not okay. Oh, I've seen Shrek so many times. But again, I've seen Shrek the like, you know, Shrek, but it's just the words to All Star and like <laughs> yeah. Shrek, but every time somebody says Shrek, it gets faster. And oh my gosh, <laughs> Shrek, but it's 10 copies of Shrek layered on top of each other. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I could still sing the little song that the uh, the, the the welcome signed Duloc sings. <laughs> that was the part that really got me as an adult. I was like, how was that okay? Shine your shoes, wipe your <laughs> face. Oh my gosh. Like, they really narrowly missed that one, huh? I mean, as, as an eight-year-old even, I think I was like, that's really funny. Because <laughs> oh I get this. It, I didn't. I was like... You know, it's not like Pixar where they hide the jokes. It's just Shrek was very much like balls to the wall oh, about yeah. it. Or like Madagascar where they're like, oh, sugar, honey, iced tea. I was like, wait. I've never seen any of those movies. Not a what? once. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Madagascar 3. I saw in a theater opening like it was a brand new theater. I was the first person to sit in that chair. Nice. That kind of opening. And nice. I saw Madagascar 3 in 3D. And so they've got like these neon lights and they're in a circus. It was the coolest thing. And of course, Firework by Katy Perry's playing. And I'm like, this is great. This is just fantastic. I was going to ask you when that happened, but then you said Firework by Katy Perry. Isn't that gave me enough information? Yeah, that was enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I've never seen any of those movies. Oh my I know people gosh. love them, but I, have, I just did not. Those are so um, good. I think they hold up. I really do. I, I believe it. People still love them, and they just keep making them. Like, yeah. They got the like penguin spinoff. Yeah. Those, I those. never liked those. Oh, That no. was my childhood, though, and that was very much one of the ones where I was like, ah, this is, I see what they're going for here, but this is not yeah. as good as Finding Nemo. Like, it's just not. 
Okay. All right. I loved Finding Nemo. That's the kind of kid I was. Ice Age was just... Manny, so great. Freaking mammoth, man. I don't know. That's the Ray Romano one, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes you just have to, like, glaze over the voice actors. And then Patrick Warburton shows up and you're like, I can't. I can't do it. I love Patrick Warburton. He's the best part of anything (laughs) he's in. So funny. Oh, my gosh. Uh, His voice doesn't have to be a meme, but it is. It's just because he plays such different characters in like animated movies versus real life. Yeah. Right. Because like I knew him from like Seinfeld and stuff as like the asshole boyfriend. (laughs) Yeah. And then he's it. Yeah, he's Kronk. Right. And I'm just like, this is such a different person this is a different character oh my gosh the variety the the man's got range yeah Uh, or maybe not range he's got like a Jekyll and Hyde thing kind of going on yeah it's not range it's just two different things yeah it's very good at 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 at, at, you know playing a complete jerk and and a lovable idiot yes that's it that's it that's all you need him for and you know full send every voice part that he does for sure Oh my gosh. Dreams. Goals. I would love to be a voice actor. Oh, same. That would be so cool. And those early DreamWorks movies are very much like, you know, we got Ray Romano and whoever plays Sid. And, you know, these are actors from the hit sitcoms to be in our... And, and, you know, Pixar was just like, eh, I don't whatever. Yeah. This is Tom Hanks, I guess. We're not gonna really talk about it. It's fine. (laughs) Tom Hanks, I guess. Okay. Yeah, and it's like, uh, you know. And That's none so of the rest true, of the movies, though. None of the rest of the movies really have anybody else. There's like one person, like Ellen Jenner's. It's fine. She's like a talk show. It's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the fish is played by Albert Brooks. Anybody knows who that is? That's fine. Um, yeah. We it's got the like, dude from Spider-Man. That's kind of cool, I guess, to play Pixar uh, didn't fish. even need to name drop. It's whatever. Right. And, and, we're, and DreamWorks is like, this is the movie epic. We got Pitbull to be a voice actor. Yes. Or Trolls. Was that Pixar or was that DreamWorks? That, yeah, Pix- Trolls is DreamWorks, I think. I think so. And that was Anna Kendrick and Justin Timberlake. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Everybody yeah. was somebody. Everybody. Freaking Ugly Dolls. Oh, my god. I did not gosh. see that movie. That was the one that was like, we got Blake Shelton to be a doll. Great. No one Good. cares. No. no never I, have I thought, you know what a movie needs? Blake Shelton voice acting. You're not wrong. Although that might be an unpopular opinion in Texas. I wouldn't think so. I I don't know. I don't think country singers should really voice act. That doesn't seem like a thing. Yeah, it's they're always very noticeable. Yeah, and Although I don't I also know, don't think they should have gotten just, Taylor Swift to play a cat, but whatever. Yeah, whatever. Taylor Swift's going to do her thing and no one can stop her. Well, somebody should have stopped that whole movie from existing. <laughs> yeah, that's a thing. Yep. Just, James Corden, get no. Just let Ian McKellen do that thing and... Just him. Just the parts that he's in. Definitely not Jason Derulo. Oh my gosh. I haven't actually seen it. I've seen like five minutes of it, but it was no, unbearable. I haven't seen it either. I have no interest in seeing but it. No. Again, never once was I like, Andrew Lloyd Webber's Cats, what is that missing? Jason Derulo, the auto-tune guy. I don't think about cats ever. I don't either, but never once have I, I have fan cast any musical in my head and thought this needs more Jason Derulo. No. I don't think they need more Ian McKellen. Man's just doing his thing. He's just doing know. whatever he wants. 
He was Gandalf and Magneto in the same year. Like he's good. He's chilling. He's fine. Just he's been, you know, he's been a hundred years old for the past forty years. He's he's good. <laughs> he's chilling. Oh he's gosh. looked at the oldest dude on Earth for the last thirty years. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's um. Let's talk about let's talk about this movie more, I think. Maybe. I don't know. I really thought I was I I did again, it like <laughs> it's so pretty. It's so nice to watch. The more you think about it, you're like, did I? The like more this? I think about it though, but but at the same time, like it's it, it, the whole time I was watching it, I was just like, wow, they really uh they really did the thing. They really went for it. They, they did they, that. they they nailed this. Then I'm sitting here thinking about it now. I'm like, had no story. No. Whatsoever. The first hour just did not keep my attention. The second hour is where more of the action happened. Wayfaring Stranger, the French lady, like all of that stuff happened. The waterfall, him fighting all the random guys. And that's what kept my attention. The first hour was just them bickering over nothing and going through trenches and looking at dead people. And I'm like, nah, that's See, fine. I honestly liked, I liked the before Blake died part better i think i really did i don't know why i just could have like i as much as i was complaining about them bickering i could have just watched that all day right like yeah two he guys just, just go through a walk me. through france during yeah, the war that's fine <laughs> that would have been a much more avant-garde movie though if they were like yeah so nothing bad happens to these guys the whole time except for the the bomb and the thing after that, they just take a, a, a pretty walk through France. They fall in a river. Talk about cherries sometimes. They talk about cherries sometimes. That's that it. never comes back either. It does. When he's in the river, the cherry blossoms. Was it? Yeah. Man, I did not pay enough attention to this movie, apparently. No, I think it was just, I've seen it twice, and so I was Fair. looking for stuff like that. Gotcha. I was like, oh, that's going to come back probably, and then it did when he's in the river and he's hanging onto the log, drowning gotcha. himself. <laughs> he's like, oh, cherry blossoms, that's cool. I'm like, Something to live for. premonition? Is he back from the dead? What is happening? I don't know. I did not catch that because it's like the reason we keep talking about foreshadowing listeners who haven't seen this, because I know there's a bunch of you who haven't watched this movie and are now listening to us talk about this movie. Um, the reason we're talking so much about foreshadowing is because like it's very heavy and, and like, obvious, very heavy and obvious in a video game kind of way where you're like, why did you like you said earlier? Why did you just give me a flower in the middle of a field of death? Like what is going to happen later? Yep. Why did that thing just get highlighted by the game? That doesn't right, like, make sense. Oh, oh, it just auto saved. That's not good. Right. Yeah. That's bad. Oh my gosh. That's bad. <laughs> oh, we're going to fight a monster in a yeah, minute. At the, top, at the top corner, it just auto saved. I'm going to die. Cool. Got it. It's totally fine. It's like it's like JK Rowling level foreshadowing where they're oh like, oh, my gosh, but it doesn't come back half the time. That's what's weird about it. It's like this super random thing is really important. No, maybe we're waiting for the sixth, you know, for for 1921 or 1922 or whatever. When when he has to pull the, the cherry blossom tree out of a vanishing cabinet in the room of requirement. Oh, my gosh. I wouldn't watch that. You, you wouldn't watch five sequels to this movie? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I'd put it on in the background and hope it's over soon. <laughs> no. Oh, my uh, gosh. He gets home from the war and buys a house out in the country and, and gets this, you know, huge uh, wardrobe and then walks through it and suddenly he's king of Narnia. It's great. What? <laughs> No, that's, that's my uh, that's my way to tie this to the greater oh cinematic universe. Oh my gosh, 
He, he only buys the house because it has a cherry tree. And yeah, he buys the house because like, it's got a cherry tree in the front this yard. This is the worst house ever. Like, it's falling apart. The, everything is wrong with it. And he's like, we have to buy it. I've already bought it, my dear one. Like, it's, it's got already a cherry done. Tree. I'm, I'm going to chill out here in case there's another war ever. Oh, my gosh. Literally, no. Now all I can think about is how this movie is connected to Narnia. That's it. I, it just I, there's there's weird Narnia vibes about this one for some reason that I cannot explain. Uh, honestly, I don't know. We're currently doing Narnia. So I'm like, the, how? Yep. Are the sequels any good? I've never seen either of them. What? Yeah. That was loud. Sorry, microphone. You're good. Um, You're good. <laughs> No, I adore Prince Caspian, the movie and the person. Fair. Obviously, because everyone's obsessed with Ben Barnes, whatever, that's fine. It's not like I liked him before he was cool because I'm a hipster, whatever. I don't know who Ben Barnes is. He's the guy everyone's obsessing over in Shadow and Bone on Netflix right now. Ah, yeah, I haven't heard anything about that. Oh, well... Um, I know yep. that people in Discord watch it. Yes. But that's the only place I've seen anything about it. That's pretty Except much for it. the TikTok hashtag. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the only two places. And Ben Barnes is a thing. Um, yeah, I, I love the sequels, honestly. I would watch them all together if you haven't seen Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe in a long time. But um, uh, We covered it in like... November? Yeah, so you could probably watch think, the other yeah, two. Yeah, I mean, I've seen it a few times. Um, yeah. It's not my favorite movie in the world. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. Well, and that's okay. It's very, it's not very old, but it feels like it. It's kind of weird. Yeah. It's got weird vibes. Yeah, the vibes are, are strange. Yeah. Um, but it gets more modern. The one thing with Prince Caspian that I know Carrie didn't like is it switched... Um, storylines a lot it didn't just follow one arc it just it went all over the place but you could still kind of tell what was going on um and then dawn shredder is the most recent one and that one's more like pirates of the caribbean vibes okay yeah pirates and then and they stuff. just stopped making them right yep and, and I've they, heard that they're making a Netflix series, so... I mean, <laughs> everything is getting a series now. Everything, yeah. It, whatever. I really like the original actors, though, so it hurts my soul a little bit. It's fine. I do not like movies that are about kids that young, usually. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Because that's what the book's about. I mean, I've read the books. Yeah, it like um, I think it just follows it really well. I don't know. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not, like, by all means, like it if you, I mean, love it if you love it. Um, So, like, I, I just, when you, you talk about, like, loving the original actors, like, yeah. I guess Peter was cool. Um, yeah, it it is weird. The little ones, I'm just kind of like, yeah, you're just kids, like. Yeah. I know this is an unpopular opinion. People love movies about kids. I'm not one of those persons. I don't know. I think most of it, most of my love for that movie has to do with nostalgia, like 99% of it and the rest Fair. is just no I'm gonna stick to that <laughs> I think when it came out I was just like maybe a little little bit too old for it to the point where I was like I have better things to do than like be into Narnia anymore like yeah I was like five so when the first one came out I think so I thought it was more recent than that man hang on let me let me clarify this then it must have 
I thought it was 2005. I could be wrong. It could have been a little later. It was 2005. So I was 12. Yeah. Yep. I was five. You were five in 2005? Pretty much. Yeah. Good Lord. I'm a 99 kiddo. I cannot. Because I, I know you just finished college. I cannot wrap my head, wrap my head around the fact that I'm old. <laughs> that like I graduated college six years ago this month six years ago this weekend actually i feel like that feels long but to me that doesn't sound like a long time um i mean it's it's 1.5 times as long as i was in college i mean fair i mean i was in high school six years ago so i was in high school 10 years ago i finished high school that sounds long (laughs) yeah this year was supposed to be my 10th uh high school reunion oh my gosh do people actually go to those um I think so. I know my parents definitely were like, never, never in a million years. Um, my parent, my mom went to hers, to all of hers, I think. That's nice. I mean, I my know. parents were I'll- high school sweethearts, loved all their friends, so I don't know why they wouldn't want to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that, uh, I, I think millennials go, so I will definitely go because that's like part of my generation or whatever. Like, I, I was intending to go. Ours got moved to next year, so it'll be an yeah. 11 year reunion. We're the class of 11. It's fine. (laughs) Um, It works. But yeah, I was six six years ago this weekend. I graduated college. That's wild. That's Um, so crazy. Yeah, that's insane. (laughs) That was the last that was the last time I properly shaved my face either. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. The last time I didn't have a beard was was my graduation day. Oh, my gosh. Specifically for that day. Well, so I uh, was working for the catering company at the college that I went to. Oh, And I wasn't okay. allowed to have a beard that whole year. Yeah. So I shaved pretty much every day. Unless you wanted to wear one of those cool, like, beard Wasn't even things. an option. Wasn't oh, an option. Oh, that's lame. I think those Although are I would have awesome. just shaved. <laughs> <laughs> Too much work. Whatever. Too much work. Yeah. Uh, and so that day I was just like, yeah, I'm, I can't work here anymore, so I'm just going to stop shaving. Nice. Um, I've obviously trimmed it since then, though not recently. Like. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was the last time I uh, didn't have a beard was <laughs> May 9th, 2015. Oh my gosh. Anyway, I was 12 when the Chronicles of Narnia: <laughs> The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe came out. Um, <sighs> so yeah, I was like, at that point, I was like, yo, I would rather play Halo 2 with my friends than be right. in Narnia. I think I was at the perfect age because yeah. then Prince Caspian came out when I was around eight or nine. And so that's like... I was given that DVD as a gift and I loved it. It was like my most prized possession. It was amazing. And then the next one came out and I think I was a teenager by then. So I was like, oh my gosh, there's another one. Ah." Yeah, Prince Caspian was 2008. So I would have been a sophomore in high school. Yeah, I feel like if I were a sophomore in high school, I'd be like, these look dumb. Yeah, it's like I was by and by that point, I had already like grown up with Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's the other thing is like I saw those one by one in theaters. So like that was definitely part of the thing where I was like, this is not Lord of the Rings, though. Yeah, I didn't grow up on those. So I didn't I I feel like it's one or the other. You grow up Tolkien or Lewis. I think a lot of people grow up Lewis and then end up at Tolkien. Yeah, because Um, that feels more adult. Yeah, I I have heard that the books that some of the books especially are like aggressively juvenile. Yeah. Um, Tyler read all of them early this year and sort of had some mixed reviews on on a couple of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, See, Lewis was an interesting character for sure. He uh, he definitely had some strong opinions about (laughs) a lot of things. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Especially like Christianity. Oh, yeah. Um, So I've read some of his other books, which are always wild. My gosh. Screw tape letters is a trip. 
It was crazy. What a great one. Oh my gosh. I'm like, uh, but I could live without ever like try to revisit Paralandra or any of those like, yeah. you know, this is, this is modern divinity kind of texts. Yeah. I'm like, okay, guy, how about you just stick to the, the talking beavers and stuff? Yeah. My parents got to see Screwtape Letters performed by one guy. Just I like feel a like that was monologue. Probably awesome. And I was so angry. Like, I was actually angry that they didn't take me. And they're like, well, we just got the tickets from a friend. I'm like, no, I love this man. You don't understand. You gotta, you gotta bring me. You gotta bring me, <laughs> mom and dad. I have to. Uh, that would have been so amazing. I can't even imagine memorizing all of those lines for like two hours straight. Yeah, I never really did theater, but me either. That's got to be crazy. Like at some point, I feel imagine. like you just mess it up every night. Oh yeah, like oh, I forgot a whole paragraph. Fine, whatever. I think you could get away with it, though. Like, yeah, like anyone's taking notes. Oh, I'm right. reading through the book. Oh, you didn't do that one. <laughs> I remember the first time I listened to the Harry Potter audiobooks. It was like the first time I'd ever listened to an audiobook. Oh, my gosh. And I was just convinced they were going to be different. So I like followed <laughs> along with the text. Oh, my gosh. Well, because originally it started that like I, I got a PDF copy of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Yeah. And I was listening to the Sorcerer's Stone audiobook. I was convinced they were going to be different because like this oh is the one that's gosh. like Americanized or whatever. Yeah. And they just aren't like there's a couple there's a couple different spellings. Yeah. Which um, wouldn't go through in an audiobook. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. I'll tell oh you what, gosh. when you learn that uh, that the British refer to scotch tape as cello tape, the uh, spello tape joke makes a lot more sense. Oh, I. Mm. There are definitely some things that uh, we as Americans don't get in the little uh, little puns like that. See, that happened to me last week. We were watching Narnia. We were watching Prince Caspian. And there's a joke where one of the kids takes his flashlight into Narnia. And the very last line of the movie is, oh, man, I left my new torch in Narnia. And I always thought that was the best line in the world. Like, oh, he's calling it a torch. And Carrie's like, the British they call, call them. them torches. I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I thought that was so clever. And it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> nope. This is what they call flashlights. I was so mad. <laughs> uh, good times. <laughs> So now I'll never forget the spello tape thing. Yeah, so they call it, funny. they call like the scotch tape. They call cello tape. Okay. As I guess it's I don't know made of cellophane or something. I have no idea. Oh, I'm not British. well, sure. We that... just don't. You know, they don't. I don't know that they do the brand name thing like we do. Yeah. Huh. So all right. That's what it is, and therefore spello tape is a pun on that, <laughs> and not just a totally random like oh it's spello tape <laughs> for all your all your magic tape needs. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. Oh, good old British people. Yep. I'm still on book four of Harry Potter and I've never read them. So have you not? No, that's our Wild. next series that we're going to do. We're going to. I'm the newbie who hasn't read or watched Harry Potter. Have you read? That's crazy. Yep. So we're on book four right now. God. We're trying to record ahead. So tell me about how did that happen? Our generation honestly wasn't 
super into it. Like Carrie didn't read it until we were older teenagers and she read all of them in a week because she's psycho. She read one a day. I've done that. You're crazy. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yep. I can't That was read. our childhood. Oh my gosh. Like, I think we grew up just a little behind the curve, but Fair. she had an older sibling who was kind of into it. So that helped. I am the oldest so I was like, nah, this is whatever. Like, yeah, I mean, I that's fair. If you're born in 99, you would have been like eight years old when the last one came out. Yeah. So it was like, oh, this thing is super popular and everyone's going crazy over it. OK, <laughs> man, that's wild. That's wild. Yeah, no, I've done the thing where you read them all in a week because like, you know, there's a new one coming out. You got to read all the other six before you read the new one. God. No. Yeah, no. We, I went to, I remember for the last three, we went to Barnes and Noble and, oh at, at midnight and did like the midnight release. Oh, that's so cool. And they would do like midnight release parties for the Harry Potter books. I want to do a midnight release for a book. And, and, and there would be all kinds of like activities and fun stuff and everybody oh would dress up gosh. and like, and then at midnight they'd be like, okay, we got books. Let's go. That is so fun. And it's on a freaking Monday night because books come out on Tuesdays. Oh my gosh. So God, God bless my mother for taking me to Barnes and Noble for midnight release of a Harry Potter book three times. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I just got them like the day they came out. <laughs> but I was a not Harry Potter, Percy Jackson. That oh, was yeah. my I mean, thing. The only thing we ever did that for was Harry Potter. Like, And as far as I know, that didn't really happen for anything else. Yeah, no, nothing's been as popular as that no. ever. I don't know if that'll ever happen again. No, as much as people try to convince me that's the case with Percy Jackson, that they're anyway comparable. No, I don't think so. I mean, no. they were popular, but they don't compare. No, I had the first one. I never read it when I was younger. I watched the movie. Oh, thought it was fine. It's a fine movie by itself. Yeah, that's it. I had nothing to compare it to. It was a decent movie. Um, yeah. I've got about four chapters into the first book. I can't stand the writing style, honestly. Oh, man. See, I think it was way more impactful because we started reading it. So when, like, the first book, he's 12. Yeah. That's when Carrie and I started reading it is seventh grade. We were 12 years old going on this adventure with sure. him, growing up with him. So that's kind of the, I feel like that was your Harry Potter vibe. I never got that because yeah. I didn't start it early enough. To some extent, definitely, um, as I kind of like grew up with those books. I think that the first one came out when I was like seven or eight. No, like six or seven. I don't really remember. When? That can't be right. Hang on. I feel like it came out a while ago. Can't remember. Uh, it's 1998. So I was five years old. Okay. Um, the first movie I think came out in 2001. So I'd have been eight, mm -hmm. which is like, you know, right around there. But then I, I, I like caught up to the books yeah at some point um yeah because he starts out at 11 11 yeah so it's one it per makes year. sense yeah and that's um, basically what i did with percy jackson like i didn't read it that slow obviously i was in his like 18 years old and i was still like 14 but you know right. yeah i mean i think that when percy jackson came out the first book i was probably like right around that age honestly percy jackson but i'm just this is just me googling stuff at this point <laughs> Yeah, because um, I remember I was behind the curve, like it had been out for a while and it was our required reading in class. The Lightning Thief was 2006, if okay. that's the first one. Yeah. yeah. 
So I'd have been 13. And again, like at that would have been like prime time. Mm. Yeah. It just me and my friends weren't those kids, I guess. Yeah. Like we were not interested in books about 13 year olds. Um, and even even going back and like reading the first few chapters of the first one, like I don't think I would have been into it then. Hmm. Like, I don't know. Maybe it was just like a generational thing because like nobody I know that was my age read them back then. That's so like weird when the, to I remember me. some people had them. A couple people did, but for the most part, it just didn't happen. Like yeah, and like Twilight came out the next year or whatever, and everybody's like, "Oh man, you got to read this. This is the thing." Um, never read those or I watched think them. Uh, Twilight was 2005, so the movie would have, I think the movie was 2007, mm. 2008 or something like that. But yeah, so I remember when the movie came out and even then I was just like, eh, I don't really feel like I need to read this book. And <laughs> and, and nobody in my life at that point was like, oh yeah, you should read this book. And now I do this podcast and, and half the people I talk to are like, what? You've never read the Percy Jackson books? They're incredible. And I was like, I just it wasn't there for it. <laughs> Yeah, like I tried to have when I was super, super into it, like starting out, I tried to have my mom read the first one and she got through it. But I mean, woman's an English teacher and she could barely get through this book. So it is a style. I think mine and Carrie's thing and our classmates really liked it because I'd be careful how loud you say that. What? People try. People get upset when you start trying to like talk about the style. Whatever. As any way being a negative thing. (laughs) Whatever. It's fine. I think for us, we wanted someone to relate to, and we wanted to insert ourselves into that world. I, I couldn't see myself in like the Hogwarts Harry Potter world for a while reading the books. I was like, I just, I don't know. But with Percy Jackson, it was automatically like, oh, this would be my Greek parent greek godparent or this i would be part of this house or whatever like just totally in i don't know i think part of the the difference there is that harry potter's third person yeah and i really think that lends it some longevity as far as the actual like writing style goes yeah and the second percy jackson series is third person yeah so that i have heard that helps it and they're older they're like 16 17 18 ish I just always felt like when I was reading the first one, I felt like it was an adult grown man trying to be like, oh, what's up? I'm a 13 year old kid. Like, I'm a cool kid. <laughs> and I haven't read it in a while because we're trying to do a series on Percy Jackson of like, sure. oh, adults trying to reread it who haven't read it in a while. Yeah. And I might get to that conclusion and be like, it wasn't as good as I thought it was. But like, people, if I ever try to say that, people get so pressed with me and they're just like, there's nothing wrong with nostalgia. There's nothing wrong with this. Like, it's a perfectly acceptable thing. And like, you know, not everything has to be all uh, dark and mature. And I'm like, that's, that's fine. I just don't fair. want that. Like, yeah, everyone has their own opinions. It's fine. Um, It's just, it's, it's when people start to be like, well, it's, you know, it's just as good as Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and all this other stuff. I'm like, I mean, you can, the, the the world at large, I think, disagrees with you, and you just kind of yeah. have to deal with that one. Like, you can think that. That's fine. Absolutely fine. Yeah, I love book series and movie series that, like, other people, like, I love the Fast and Furious movies, unironically. Like, people <laughs> are like, oh, it's, you know, it's just car porn and jokes and stuff, and I'm just like, yeah, but I love these movies unironically, and, like, I just deal with that, <laughs> right? Like, Yeah, you just have to live Occasionally, with the hate will come my direction. I'll be like, you know what? It's about family. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, the Percy Jackson people know who they are. And trying to defend it is kind of pointless. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people, whatever your favorite thing is, there's always going to be somebody who hates that thing. That's fine. Yeah. It's that's life. You know, if you say this is your favorite movie. Uh, boy, howdy, there are people that hate you for thinking <laughs> a movie like this is your favorite movie. Like 1917. Um, yeah. Since we last recorded, my whole my whole brand has come under fire because like I'm the one on the show that likes all the avant-garde, like artsy movies and stuff. And then, you know, I, I, I gushed over Mank when he did on the show a couple weeks ago. And now everybody's like, oh, yeah. How you feeling, film bro? Paddington <laughs> 2 is the greatest movie ever. How you feeling, you stupid little baby film school <laughs> idiot? And I'm like, I just oh like... God. I'm sure Paddington 2 is great, but, like, it just is not the same conversation. That's a whole thing. I don't even know. There are a variety of reasons for which a movie can receive a 100% score on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's just put it that way. <sighs> yeah. Because you, you can get a 100% of Rotten Tomatoes score in all sixes, and you can get a Rotten Tomatoes 100 score in all tens. There is... There is right. Um, <laughs> there's a big difference there. I no, still again, there's don't a, I'm sure Paddington 2 is delightful, but, yeah. like... It doesn't threaten me. No, I I don't understand that one. I okay, but I haven't seen either of them, so that's not fair. But I'm like, I haven't either. But people I love them. I don't know about that. Uh, from what I understand, they're just exceptionally good animated children's movies to the point where like nobody can be like, I hate this. This pissed me off in some way. <laughs> Or like no critic has tried to step to it and been like, yeah, this is this is a bad movie because the bears are too woke. Like the bears are too woke, man. I want that on a t-shirt. Because if you dive into <laughs> the Rotten Tomatoes scores on literally anything, you eventually start to come to people that just hate movies for the sake of hating movies, right? Yeah, like they want to be special. For There's a guy it. named. This guy named Armin White, who's a Rotten Tomatoes, a Rotten Tomatoes reviewer, a Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> reviewer, uh, a guy named Armin White, and he hates everything. It's his whole brand is he hates everything. And he hates every fine. movie. And that's fine. But it's just like, you know, I could go in there and, and like, oh, 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 three negative reviews. I bet one of them is Armin White. And it sure is. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, so half the time he's the thing that's stopping it from being 100 percent. So it's it's complicated. Anyway, 1917. I got to tally up these listener scores real quick and get a bacon and egg score. We actually got more listener scores than I thought we would for me having asked <laughs> five minutes before we started. So I just I love it so much. I did my best. <laughs> it's actually a decent amount, like especially for something that I wouldn't expect a lot of people to have seen. I think it's one of those movies where if it didn't get the Oscar noms that absolutely nobody would have seen it. Oh, yeah. Because I remember it like it got the nomination like before it was really well, like it was still out. Yeah. So that definitely helped a lot of people to be like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go see this movie that's playing at my local theater while none of these other movies are playing, <laughs> especially when one of them's in Korean. Yeah, that one I still don't get. I'm not all I'm not a big subtitle person. I don't know. Oh, man. Parasite's so good. Maybe I need to change that. <laughs> Have you? You haven't seen it? Mm -mm. Oh, you gotta watch it. Movie's crazy. Man. You want to talk about a movie where, uh, that's suspenseful where you're waiting for the thing to happen the whole time and it just doesn't happen? That's Parasite. Will I hate that though? <laughs> no, no, you won't. Where Where would I be able to see that? To see Parasite? Yeah. Hang on one second. Mm, I counted wrong somewhere. Hang on. <laughs> Because that would give me a, a over 100 score. <laughs> <laughs> Someone is weed eating outside, but they've been doing it for like 30 minutes and I'm dying. It's terrible. <laughs> we had an episode back in the day where Tyler uh, recorded from his porch at a oh lake house and somebody gosh. was weed eating. 
And at one point he just stopped talking because the dude wouldn't stop weed eating. And I left in the full like eight minutes of weed eater noises. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Ugh. Because he made like comments over top of it and it was hilarious. Dude, that's so good. No, uh, it's okay, just so. like this whirring underneath, just like yeah. in the movie. Yeah. Because I'm pretty much right by the outside of my house. So I'm like, this is great. It's not my brother. Well, it's got to be the neighbor. Are you I'm mad about Are you it. ever that far from the outside of your house? Like, um, I probably wouldn't be able to hear it in the living room or I wouldn't notice. Fair. This is but is like that just because it's a it's right on a different by. side of the house or is yeah. your living room just like in the dead center with no windows? It's the dead center, but it's got a window to the backyard, so it probably okay. wouldn't catch it that much. Gotcha. Just the way you said that, you were like, I'm, I'm pretty close to the outside of my house. I'm like, I feel like <laughs> every room uh, in your house pretty much shares a wall with the outside. Well, it's like the I'm pretty much in the garage right now, so okay. it's like right there. I don't know. Okay. Right by the neighbor who would be doing their lawn right now in the middle of the day. <laughs> On a Tuesday. Club going up on a Tuesday. <laughs> All right, cool. I have a listener score from uh, Bacon and Eggs listeners over on Discord and Facebook. Shout out Bacon and Eggs listeners that helped bail me out last minute because I forgot to ask for scores. Y'all the best. Listeners gave it an 87 out of 100, and that gets us a Bacon and Eggs combined score of 83, which is exactly what I said, <laughs> which nice. is wild. Uh, that puts us 83, 83, 83, 83. That puts us, uh, hang on. What's the tiebreaker here? Bear with me. Sorry. 82.8. That puts us dead heat with stranger than fiction. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a wild, wild world we live in. Oh, that's a time. Um, I'm going to put this below stranger than fiction. <laughs> that's fine. I think. That's okay. Yeah. I'm going to put this below stranger. Oh yeah. Yes. Yes. That's what I wanted. So it's, it's above hearts beat loud. <laughs> And, and below Stranger Than Fiction, we have 1917, the Oscar Beatty war movie. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, well, that's the bacon and egg <laughs> score for you, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, is is an 83. That puts it at number 14 on our list for the year. Wow. The 14th best movie we've covered in year four. So... Uh, Jade, where can we find you on the internet? Tell us about all the cool things so you do. So much internet. So you can find us at Curly Critics Pod. Um, we have a Gmail, curlycriticspod at gmail.com. Um, Twitter, Instagram, it's all the same. Um, and anywhere you listen to podcasts and WBNE.org. Love that. Love that. Listen to Curly Critics every single week. They, they talk about things. Get merch. Get the merch. <laughs> Yo, I didn't even know we sold baseball tees. <laughs> Heck yeah. Dude, literally, it is just the product of my indecision because long sleeve, short sleeve, I don't have to decide. That's so cool. I love baseball tees. I haven't I haven't worn a baseball tee in a while, but I used to love them. It's like my favorite shirt now, so... I still don't understand why they're called baseball tees. I think that they used to wear them underneath their uniforms sure. back in the day. Oh. These like three quarter length sleeve. I don't know. Mm. I played Little League Baseball and that was it. So <laughs> our uniforms were basically T-shirts with numbers on them. Yeah, we're like a football state, so I can't tell you. What, Texas? No way. No, I, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's what we should have done. Friday Night Lights, either the show or the movie. Oh my gosh. I have seen none of the show. Uh, my mom used to watch that. 
Throwback. Oh my gosh. That scares me. That, yep. Uh, and not that I feel like I, your mom and I are the same <laughs> age, but like, just that you were like, uh, my mom used to watch because that was a big thing for people my age, wasn't that shit was on. Really? Well, yeah. it's very much like reality TV drama stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and apparently everybody in it is hot, and so all the girls that I knew were like, oh my god, Coach Riggins. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know, I'm like 10. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I guess, 17, <laughs> so yeah. who knows. Uh, anyway, Jane, thank you for coming on this week. It has been an absolute pleasure to have you. Um, I'd love to, to come and talk to you about something sometime. I'd love to have both you and Carrie back on to go over a movie. We'll figure something out. It's oh, been yeah. a blast. Thank you so much for helping it's me out awesome. here while Tyler has a baby. Yay. I got to meet him. He's the cutest. Oh, yeah. He's the sweetest little guy. He's so small. He's this little, this little guy. I mean, he's longer than that, but like, I don't know. <laughs> You're like, uh, like, I don't know. He's super long, actually. <laughs> when he stretches out because he does this like thing where he's just like, ah, and do this big stretch. And he's, he's long. He's, oh. he's bigger than Olivia was, but oh he's so gosh. cute. Little, little, little Tyler guy. Oh. So that was great. I got to meet the child and it was wonderful. The child. Um, the child. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it just makes me miss the Mandalorian. I wanted to come back. Uh, I think I'm going to start that show today. I've never seen it. Oh my God. What? <laughs> come don't, on. Don't at me. I definitely was a horrible lockdown person. I didn't do all the normal lockdown things. Like I didn't watch Tiger King, but I've got most of them. You got all it's you're in for yeah. such a treat. It is May 4th. I think I must. I think it's you, the law. Yeah, you're in for such a treat. <laughs> Maybe today's the day I'll revisit Rogue One and decide <laughs> I actually like it. Yes, it's so good. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Well, let me know how you think about The Mandalorian. Anyway, um, this has been Bacon and Eggs. Our graphics are by Vishon Brandon, graphite.vmb on Instagram. Uh, you can find all the great shows we do on the WBNE Podcast Network, WBNE.org. And uh, Carrie, no, not, you're not. You're not, Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> They're the same. Yeah, she's alphabetically first, so my <laughs> brain just tries to go carry a Jade, carry a Jade, carry whatever. I'm alphabetically first, but it's Tyler Nathan, so whatever. <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, I've been Nathan Etchill. She's been Jade Civilly, and on behalf of Tyler Carlin, bye. Arrivederci.